0: Today's title message is called The Blessing of Vision. The Blessing of Vision, What Can You See? I'm not sure if you're aware of a lady called Helen Keller. Uh, Years ago, I heard a quote uh, by this lady. I didn't know who she was. I didn't know her story. And obviously from that curiosity of the quote, I found out a little bit more about who she was and her story and the obstacles she had to overcome. And so she was born like many children and had the joy of sight and hearing and been able to you know, see her parents and hear her parents. And tragedy uh, through illness, she lost her ability to see, naturally speaking, and she lost her ability to hear that obviously affected her ability to speak. But years later, uh, with her overcoming some of these incredible challenges, she became a a very influential uh, woman who advocated for people that faced similar challenges. And she just did extraordinary things with her life and and she was asked, obviously, and she's got lots of quotes that come out of her life. But one of them that stood really and resonated with so many was this one. When she was asked about sight and vision, she said, The only thing worse than being blind is to having, having sight but no vision. Talking about people that have natural eyes but they still can't see. And today I want to take this moment to really speak into you and to speak into our church about the blessing of vision. I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 12. That's the starting verse, starting part where I'm going to go from. And I want to say this about the book of Hebrews. I'm stuck there at the moment because again, when this was written, it was written to the original audience. The original audience were Jewish Christians, uh, first century believers, all the eyewitnesses were starting to either be you know, executed or they were dying. And we had now second, third generation followers of Christ and the Word of God, the New Testament was captured for us by the Holy Spirit through these people because they wanted to hold on to the the life of Jesus, the, 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 the message of Jesus, the words of Jesus. And so that's why we have this differences in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the synoptic Gospels side by side, they look like they listen to each other, borrow from each other. However, they were distinctly different because they were written for different audiences. And then we have John's Gospel that's profound because we have the very essence of Jesus declaring, this is who I am. I am the door, I am the bread, I am the way. Seven profound statements that Jesus made about who He is. And so the Gospels, the New Testament, the letters written mainly by Paul are profound for us because what they're reminding us is that they were written to an audience originally and what were they facing? So Hebrews is the same. They were wanting to give up. The pressure was huge. Persecution was growing. People wanting to pull back into their Judaism into their because in in their time in society, if you were a a Jew following Judaism, the Romans that were dominating at the time, they knew who you were, they know where your temple was, they know how you behave, just don't cause trouble in the marketplace and everyone was acceptable. The problem is, is that if you departed from being following Judaism, you started becoming a Christian follower of Christ, you had problems because no one could locate you. Where's your temple? We don't have one. Where's your idols? We don't have any. No, where's your statues that you bound to, give food to, do all sorts of things to? We don't have any idols. We just have a Jesus. See, it was a problem and that's what they were facing. And so the writer, the author, he or she or whoever it was that was writing, possibly scribes, we know that Paul somehow is influencing people. It could be his colleagues. It could be people that working with him at the time. The most important thing is this. What did they need to hear at a very difficult time? That's why you and I can actually glean so much from it at our own difficult time. I would never compare our time to theirs because we're not threatened with the loss of life right now. Inflation might affect our milk from like one euro to one euro 20. And I'm not trying to belittle anything. I'm just trying to say this is a book that you and I can read and let God speak to us from. So this is the thing the writer or the author was trying to say to them, hey, don't give up. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He is the Messiah. He is the Melchizedek, the priest. In other words, he is the one that has made the perfect sacrifice. He doesn't need to do, you don't need to do any more sacrifices. He was the sacrifice. He is the perfect sacrifice once and forever. His name is Jesus. Jesus. And then we get into chapter 12 and we have this incredible verse where it starts off like this. Are you ready for it? Verse one to three, we're surrounded by so many great examples to the life of faith. So they needed to hear that they are surrounded by so many examples to the life of faith. You know, you and I, today in the 21st century, we are surrounded too by so many examples to the life of faith. Their lives show us what faith looks like under pressure. So we too can run the race that is before us and never quit. We should remove from us, our lives, anything that would slow us down and the sin that so often makes us fall. We must keep our eyes on Jesus. He is the leader of our faith and He is the one who makes our faith complete. He endured the cross, overcame humiliation, all because of the joy He could see waiting for Him. And now he is sitting at the right-hand side of God's throne, thinking about Jesus. Think about Jesus. He helped. He held up and endured the pain, the anger, the insults, the rejection, the shame. Think about Him and what He has done for you so that you won't get discouraged and pull back. The writer of Hebrews is trying to say to these believers in the first century, and I believe through the profound wisdom of God, he's trying to say to you and I in the 21st century, don't get discouraged. Don't pull back. One of the chapters in Hebrews talks about the role of Jesus as a priest, the Melchizedek priesthood, something maybe we're not familiar with in the 21st century, but they would have understood exactly what it meant. And what does Jesus do today? What does Jesus do tomorrow? What is Jesus doing at midnight when we're asleep or when we're trying to get to sleep? This is the thing about Hebrews. It reminds us that Jesus, His role right now is to intercede on our behalf 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. In other words, when you feel miserable, Jesus is praying for you. When you feel like not so strong, Jesus is praying for you. When you're believing for your kids to do better, Jesus is praying for you. When you're believing for the new job or grumpy colleagues at work, Jesus is praying for you. That's His role, to stand before the Father for every. Moment that we exist, He is interceding on our behalf. Doesn't that reassure you that you're not on your own? Amen. He's not asleep. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get weary. He doesn't go, oh, they're driving me nuts. He stands before the Father and He is interceding the perfect will of the Father towards each and every one of us. Be encouraged with the Word of God. Don't pull back when there's so much strength for you. That's why The Hebrew, I I believe the writer of the Hebrew letter to those who were struggling needed to hear this. And I believe it would have put fuel in their tank and it would have put fire in their fire, amen. It would have put resource into their fire. It would have kept them going. And I believe you and I need to have that same blessed. And I believe that we need to understand Jesus could see something better. That's what it says here. It says He could see the joy that was set before Him. He could see beyond the cross because He knew what it would accomplish, a way back home for humanity, amen? So Jesus could see something bigger, could see something better. He could see something worth holding on to. Even though the cross was not an easy pathway forward, it was definitely something that He could see beyond it, amen? Can you see? Can you see beyond this moment? Can you see beyond your current service to do in the future? Can you see today? Can you see tomorrow? Can you see what God wants to do in the future? I believe it's important that we have this ability to see the blessing of vision. Can you see more people coming to know Jesus? Can you see people in your family coming to know Jesus? Can you see more children being sponsored? Can you see us digging more water wells in difficult parts of the world? Can you see someone in your community group getting a hold of Jesus? Can you see your job getting better? Can you see new opportunities opening up to you? Can you see God using you in profound, amazing ways even though you have a corporate position? When you speak, people listen. When you have ideas, it's not just from your, 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 your intelligence or from your, your ability to pass exams, it's from the Holy Spirit in you, amen? God uses all of us if we will be willing to let Him use us wherever we find ourselves, amen? What can you see? Can you see more for your children? Can you see more for your marriage? Can you see God doing incredible things through your life? I really believe it's important that we have this ability, this capacity to see beyond our present situation. And that's why I want to speak to you today again, the blessing of vision. Are you a vision person? Amen. You've got to be able to see beyond your current situation because if all you see is all you see, you're in trouble. Amen. This week, flying on a plane, all I saw was clouds, but not too long after taking off, ooh, we were above the clouds, and the sun was glorious. So strong, I had to shut the shutter. <laughs> but the thing is, can you see beyond your present? When you see each other in your community groups or on your teams, do you just see ordinariness, or can you see extraordinariness? That's why we're encouraged over and over again to speak to our potential, not just to our behaviour. Parents, don't just get caught up with the behaviour of your children. Try to speak what God sees, what God says about them, amen? Speak to their potential because we all respond so much better when our potential is spoken to, not just our behaviour, amen? There's a great verse for you, Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there's no vision, the people perish and lack discipline. Where there is vision, the people flourish and develop discipline. Other translations say this, where there is redemptive vision, amen? You and I are a part of a redemptive vision. God's vision is a redemptive vision. It's to bring back that which is broken, to restore that which is lost, amen? I love that we are a part of a redemptive vision, amen? So I believe that you and I can be blessed by a redemptive vision. I believe we can carry and be a carrier of redemptive vision. Amen. A lot of people have vision for their homes. A lot of people have vision if you have a garden for their gardens. Some people have visions for their businesses. Some people have visions and dreams and aspirations for their children. But my question is do we have vision for the church? So here's some questions for you just to really, again, to really get us thinking about it. And I, I do like this because it, it just helps us to really see the tension between have we, are we really big on vision or are we not? Because it's easy to say it, but it's another thing to live it. Amen. And that's just one thought for you. But what I'm trying to say to you is, Hillsong Berlin, we are full of vision and you don't need to read the vision of our church to be a part of the vision. You just gotta keep coming and move from being an attendee to a belonger. I belong here. I've come closer. I now know the vision. I actually carry the vision. And actually, you don't have to read it to actually help people with the vision because the vision, if you read it, you'll go, oh my goodness, because it's more than just words. It's an atmosphere. It's a spirit. It's a mentality. It's about helping people to become influential in every aspect of life, amen. It's about, uh, you know, um, uh, overcoming mindsets. It's about, you know, and and picking up, you know, the um, things that will help us to be who God's called us to be. So anyway, I just hope you understand what I'm trying to say here. I don't wanna get distracted, but I do wanna ask the question, are we big on vision, redemptive vision? There's a story I heard years ago of a man coming in to see a building. And this year, uh, this week we're in Barcelona. We got to see the the beautiful cathedral there that's been built for hundreds of years. Sagrada Familia. And it's just magnificent. Actually got to go inside this time. I've walked around it plenty of times, but never gone inside. And you're like, oh my goodness. I've never seen anything like it. It's mind blowing. But this person walked in and there was a building being built and he walked up to one man and and, and he asked him, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm just moving bricks from here to here. He saw another guy over in the corner. He went up to him and he said, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm building a wall with these bricks. And he looked over and he saw another man in the distance. He went up to him and he said, hey, can I ask you, what are you doing? And he said, I'm building a cathedral to the glory of God. (laughs) Oh, I love that. But it highlights the reality of our present. What would someone have approached you and said, what are you doing with your life? Oh, I'm just bricks. What are you doing with your life? Oh, I'm just building this wall. And how amazing would it be to come up to someone and say, hey, what are you doing? I'm building something to the glory of God. <laughs> Amen. And it could be multiple things. It doesn't have to be all spiritual. Like I said, it could be agriculture. It could be ecological. It could be something that lifts people, breaks people out of the cycle of poverty. But it's glorious. It's amazing. It's redemptive. It's restorative. It's hopeful. It's faith-filled. It's ingenious. It's amazing. And you can do it to the glory of God. It's tragic when God's people are filled with so much vision and all they can see is a brick today. Just now. That's what it means. A brick just represents now. I can only see now. But we've got to go from the now to what what, what else can you see? I can see a wall. Yeah, but that's just today. I can see now. I can see today. But what about tomorrow? No, I really can't see tomorrow. I believe God wants us to understand, even if you can't see tomorrow, you know there is a tomorrow, amen? It's not about all the details, it's about knowing the one who holds all the details. But I'm really praying today that we, Hillsong Berlin, you, the individual, us collectively, will see the blessing of vision. I believe it's important that we are vision people. We need to be big on vision. And my prayer is that you'll never say the vision's too small. Our vision's big enough for everyone, whoever comes and wherever this goes. So let me give you some thoughts. I may not get all of them, but in the time I've got left, I wanna give you some thoughts about what vision can do for us. Is that okay? Anyone would like that? Give us a wave, amen. I believe vision can attract more people to be involved. I believe it's vision that attracts people to get involved. It's amazing who joins something and often it's because of the vision that they have. But this is what it says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 to 38. You ready for it? Matthew's Gospel. When Jesus saw the crowds, his heart broke because they were aimless and stressed. Like sheep without a shepherd, he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who oversees the harvest, ask him to send more workers into his fields. See, Jesus oversees the harvest and He says He gives instruction for us to pray for more workers. In other words, for those who love Jesus, for those who follow Christ, that we will say, God, use me wherever you can. Believe God that you are serving God where you are. And yeah, maybe there's some help or support needed for you to have clarity about what you're doing and why you're doing it. But the truth is, all of us are serving Jesus. This isn't going to do much in here in the sense of, I don't diminish what's happening right now. This is about feeding God's people. This is about receiving from Him. But this is about walking out of here, giving to those who need. Take the wisdom of God that's in your life and bring it to the marketplace. Bring it to your, uh, where you're influencing. Bring it to where you're responsible. Bring it to your home. Bring it to your family. Bring it to your friends. Bring it to your work colleagues. Bring it to wherever you can. But be the light that He has called you to be. Amen. It's a joy to know that you can be used by God. That's why it matters that you connect what you do to you doing it unto the Lord. Because if the company's not fair to you, the Lord will be fair to you, amen. If the colleagues don't like you, God still likes you, amen. You need to connect what you do. I am doing this unto the Lord, amen. Even a pastor needs to do that because sometimes the church ain't always so nice. Not here, it's always nice. But I've heard other stories in Spain and Barcelona. But I believe when you have vision, you can attract more people. What's gonna attract people is vision you wanna see more people get involved in the team, vision, give people a vision that's gonna include them and use them in a way that's gonna bring out their uniqueness in Jesus' Name. Number two, vision can help people to see where they're going. Vision can help people to see where they're going. Habakkuk, 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 Habakkuk. Chapter two, verse two, this is what it says. The Lord answered me, write down the vision. Make it clear on tablets so that whoever reads it can run and tell others. Amen? I believe when you capture the vision and share the vision, it's amazing how vision's gonna get you running. Vision can get you moving. If there's no running right now, if there's no movement right now, maybe it's because there's no vision right now. I don't know, but you've got to get back to vision. Get back to what God can do. What can you see? Jesus didn't slow down as He went to the cross. No, He knew what is. The Bible says His face was set to Jerusalem. He knew what was in Jerusalem. He knew that He was heading to something that was cruel and painful. He knew that it was going to be difficult, but He still went. Maybe for some of us in the room, we know what we've got to do. We may find it uncomfortable. We may find it stretching or challenging, but are you willing to step out of your comfort zone? Vision will help you do that. I see something better. Why would I pull back and rob the kids of joy of the future? Why would I pull back and shrink back from something where God could turn up, amen? Give yourself a chance to run with the godly vision that God's given you, in Jesus' Name, amen? Because it helps others. Here's another one for you. Vision can help people to make decisions. Vision can help people to make decisions. Joyce and I made a decision to leave the UK, London, to come to Berlin because of vision. We could see you before you turned up. Amen. But vision can help people make decisions. Listen to this, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, vision, that He gave His only Son, decision, decision, So that everyone who believes in him, choice, shall not be lost, but should have eternal life. For God so loved the world, vision, that he made a decision to release his son. What vision have you got that's going to cause you to make some great, great decisions? We can all make bad decisions. (laughs) I've made plenty of bad decisions in my life, amen. But you can learn from. That was the best decision they ever made, marrying you. Is that what we're talking about? Sorry, I got distraction over here. Joyce was a vision, actually, yeah. I saw her when I walked into church. Vision can work at every angle, I'm telling you right now. But what I am trying to say to you is that how many people make decisions from disaster? You're forced. You, you, You just, you hit a wall. The marriage breaks. The... The the kids are not doing well. The job's not what it used to be. Ah, Look, pressure's real for everyone. But don't wait for disaster to make decisions. People do make decisions from disaster, but they're not always sustainable, longevity, long-lasting decisions. They can be temporary. If you're going to make decisions, try to come on the other side, which is vision. We also know that cities are not always built with Vision, they're usually built from disaster. And there is a parallel here. It's not just all one and not the other. I believe you've got to understand the paradox of both of these things in our lives. We all want our life to be better and sometimes it's not. But that doesn't mean you can't be robbed of the joy of vision. Whatever the story is, whatever the circumstances, whatever the current situation is right now, I believe the word of the Lord for you is get a hold of redemptive vision for your life because I believe it's going to help you to make better decisions. You can't keep making the mistakes of the past. You know what I'm saying? Like, why is it that we keep making that same mistake? Get smarter than that. Build the right people around you. Build the people who are going to help you with that. Maybe you're not good on your own in making decisions, but get people around you who can say, you know what? I'm going to help you with that decision in Jesus' name. There's so much wisdom in these areas. I'll give you one more because the time's run out today. Vision can help people with energy to expand. I believe that it's easy in this season right now to have no energy. The challenge right now for all of us is have we got the energy to move into a new year, move into new opportunities, move into new relationships. Sometimes energy gets hit and has been hit. But my prayer is that vision, godly vision, redemptive vision is gonna start to stir up energy, energy to expand, energy to increase. You don't get energy by pulling back, you actually get energy by sowing energy in Jesus' Name. So let me encourage you, just one more verse with this point. Matthew 16, uh, the question was asked, who am I? Uh, Peter responds, you are the Messiah, you're the Christ, you're the living God. And Jesus replies and says, Simon, you did not get that answer from Facebook or TikTok. My Father in Heaven, God Himself, has revealed that to you of who I really am. Now, I'm going to tell you who you really are. You are Peter, a rock, a new identity. And on this rock, a new identity, I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. So, my church, so expansive, full of energy, so we can continue to do what God's calling us to do. Amen. So my prayer is that if you've got no energy, that you'll get energy back, but you'll get it from godly vision, amen? Be big on vision for your own life, for your own family, for what you're a part of. But let's believe that our church has a vision and that we're all uniquely able to contribute to it, strengthen it, add to it in a way that it's gonna help serve the people of this city and the people that God opens up as we go towards Eastern Europe, amen? So these next few weeks, you're going to hear a lot more about vision, but I pray that it will be a great encouragement to you. Amen. And my prayer today is simply this, that you will know the blessing of a redemptive vision. Amen. Because it will lift you to see what you currently can't see. It will help you to look beyond the average and it will help you to see the extraordinary. It will help you to see more in people. It will help you to see more in yourself. It will help you to realize that God is always moving us with godly vision. Can you see more? Can you believe more? Can you see better days? Can you see bigger days? Can you see God using you? Can you see God doing amazing things? Can you see God doing what God always wants to do? Amen. Can you believe it? Do you see it? What can you see? Start speaking it. Start declaring it in Jesus' Name. Amen. Because God has blessed you and I, His people with Godly vision in Jesus' name, Amen.